So I did give consideration today. There's a, a consistency between the two readings. You might think it has to do with wisdom. I guess it does. But also both readings mention wine, so I thought I could preach about wine today. Um, the proper use of wine, I suppose. But we're not going to do that, actually. We are going to talk about wisdom, all right? And maybe you can continue the conversation later today, uh, family and friends over a glass of wine, and, and continue to explore the nature of wisdom. Um, so I'm sure all you wise people have lots uh, that you can share about this. So we're going to start with our pairing and sharing time. And there's a couple possible questions. Now remember um, that uh, usually I offer two questions. That's just so you have options, because we like options in the UCC. There's no, there's no requirement that you get through both questions. So if you just spend time on one, that's fine. Um, so the first one may just be enough. Uh, where do you see wisdom in the world today? <laughs> it, you, you can laugh, yes. Where do you see wisdom in the world today? And the second question, what are some of the characteristics, as you think about people you've known who are wise, what are some of the characteristics of a wise person? Some of those characteristics. So, um, hopefully you've known some wise people in your life. Um, not just wise Alex, wise people. Um, all right, so I invite you to pair up and uh, spend a few minutes uh, sharing uh, on these questions and kind of getting the, uh, the, the brain going on some of this, and then we'll all explore a little bit more of it with you in a few minutes. So take that time now. sharing. I know Liz and I had some really, some good sharing that went on. Um, and now you're all experts on wisdom. Uh, right. <laughs> I seem to be getting a lot of laughs this morning. This is an interesting subject. Um, so the um, two verses that really stood out to me from our scripture today was the, the last verse of the Proverbs reading. Uh, come, eat of my bread, and drink of the wine I have mixed, and lay aside immaturity, and live and walk in the way of insight. I think that's a really important word, word insight, in the way of insight. I think wise people are committed to having the insight, um, no matter what's happening around them. Um, and then in the Ephesians reading, it begins, be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise. Well, thanks for the directive, but how do we do that? It's kind of the question. Um, so I've been doing a lot of thinking about that because uh, 
you know, it just seems to me that when we follow what happens in many of our family systems, um, many of our institutions, from the issues we're dealing with in our country to um, to all the the ongoing, uh, really sad and angry problem within the Roman Catholic Church that just exploded in Pennsylvania with an Attorney General's report this week. Um, where, where, is the, where are the wise ones? And how are they helping us turn in the right direction? Um, and I think, I have a reluctance about this, but I have a need to do it as well. So I do want to spend a minute in setting this up in talking about, hopefully you have all seen something of what happened in Pennsylvania since the 1940s. At least 300 priests identified and thousands of young people as victims. Um, And, you know, I think it's you know, I want to get really angry, but how do we get to that point? You know, I heard some interviews. You in know, in they went they went to one of the churches in Pittsburgh today as they were gathering for their first time at Sunday mass since all this blew up this week. You know, and I think this would maybe happen anywhere, but there's certain ways it happens within certain systems. They talked to a whole bunch of these parishioners in this church. One person said, um, well, it's very sad, but it's been going on forever, and we just have to move forward. You know, I don't know, it didn't sound wise to me. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, and there were many other statements similar to that. Um, maybe that's the people who show up on a Sunday after this. Um, but, but what are we doing now? I listened to an interview, interviews with a few of the victims. Of course, they're well into adulthood now. And how this is something that they live with every single day. Every single day, the pain of having been a victim here. And these, these young people were going to church to learn to have foundation in their life that would hopefully help them grow in wisdom, grow in understanding, grow in true love, and yet betrayed. When does wisdom take over? When does the wisdom infect us so much that no matter what happens, we can live out of it. How do we truly get formed in that wisdom? So myself as a former Roman Catholic priest, um, I can tell you that, not that I saw that kind of stuff in my day, but something about the culture and the atmosphere, nothing surprised me about it. I never knew how deep it was, how big it was, but it surely wasn't surprised. 
And I think part of what happens, you know, if we, if we sit ourselves off in an isolated place and we say, we look at a case study of something and we say, well, what's the wise response to have to this? I think the vast majority of us could work through that and come up with recommendations of what a wise way forward would be. The problem becomes when we get into the middle of it. You know, I've been involved in situations where um, there's rumors about somebody in the community who's leading some good effort, but there's rumors about them having inappropriate relationships with clients that they're working on a volunteer effort with. There's rumors uh, about things that they might say. And what happens? How do you wisely respond to that? Because some people believe the rumors, some don't. And it hurts the very effort that you're involved in. But what do you do about the person that there's rumors about? Can you act on rumors? And you know what happens in these situations, and it clearly happened for a long time in the Roman Catholic Church, and it's happened many other places, is that people get afraid. They don't know how to speak. And they also don't know how to figure out how to get from rumor to fact. And then the people who have first-hand information are the most afraid. They might be afraid that that person has power over them. It might be a job situation. And what do they do? They tend to say, if somebody approaches them, I can't talk about it. In the meantime, there may be other victims. But in some cases, the rumors are false rumors. But we don't even put the effort in to figure that out because it all gets too risky, too difficult to deal with. I don't think when I started working on this this week, when I thought about wisdom, I, I had it very separated from those kind of instances that happen in our world and our society, but we all know them too well. But I actually think it's the reason why we don't act more wisely more often. Because we get caught within systems, within power dynamics and power struggles. And we get paralyzed. And we get caught between values. What if the rumor is not true? I could hurt somebody's reputation. But if the rumor is true, they're hurting somebody else. I mean, what do I do with that? I'll just stay away from it and let somebody else solve it. Because either way, I could make the wrong step or I could get hurt in the process. I could get caught up in the middle of it. So what do I do? Hopefully by now, maybe you're thinking of things that have happened in your life or situations that have surrounded you and you have a sense for some of the complexity of this. You know? Because everybody, we could take polls, everybody wants more wise people acting more wisely, whether they're in government or they're in the church or wherever they are, don't we all want that? And we all, if we just take it separate from any personal dynamics, we all pretty much know some of the things that 
we could identify in somebody who's making wise decisions, acting wisely. But when we get ourselves into the murky middle of it, it takes courage to act wisely. It takes courage to speak with wisdom. It's interesting because I think that for many of us, I don't know, I didn't do a poll in this room, but sometimes when we think of wise people, um, we even think of somebody in our family who we knew in their elder years when they were out of the fray of everything and they're able to have a little bit of perspective and now they're imparting some of the wisdom because they're not in the middle of it anymore and they've gotten a little bit of perspective. So I think the number one characteristic needed to speak wisely and to act wisely is courage. And in order, in order to do that, we need to get to a centered, grounded place in our life where we realize it's not about me. We need to get to a place where because it's not about me, I can look out and see reality with peripheral vision and I can see it in its true perspective, what's happening out there. Because it's not swirling around me. We can then listen well. It is wise people. You know, if you've known somebody who's wise, one of the things you know about them is they listen to you. Right? And they, they communicate with you in a way that you know they heard you. When we know it's not about me, we're able to go into situations and we're able to seek and see the deeper understanding and to see the deeper joys that are in the situations around us. The other thing I've noticed about wise people is um, they don't need you to be something that they want you to be. That they, they accept you for who you are and they want to know who you really are. They're not afraid of knowing that. Wise people are not pitting people against each other. They're making connections and trying to bring things together. Bring deeper understandings. Bring deeper possibilities together. Wise people, I think, are gracious. Because it's not about them. However they got there, it's not about them. I find that wise people see the big in the small and the small in the big. So one of the questions for us, I'm sure you came up with a lot of other things that you see in those who are wise. Um, 
But one of the questions is, if I want to be a wise person, what do I do? How do I make it not about me? How do I get grounded in deeper and wider and broader understanding so that I'm not just seeing through my limited experience of this world today and of its history and of its possible future? Well, for me, that's one reason I keep coming back to the Bible because I think the stories in the Bible are ones that give me as we heard in Proverbs, help give me insight. And if I open my heart and my mind and I, in dialogue with these stories, I think it hints at wisdom for me. It points me in the direction that I need to walk if I want to speak and live wisely. I think the church is a key part of wisdom. Sometimes we don't always act that way and we started this by talking about abuses that can even happen in, in systems of church organizations just like anywhere else. Um, but at its best, church is a call over and over again back to being in community. It's not about me, it's about us with God at the center. And at its best, we build trust among one another so that we can discern together before we speak. We can discern together before we act. And we are wiser when the community is surrounding us and supporting us and encouraging us and informing us. I also think when we open ourselves up to the sciences, from the soft sciences, the social kind of sciences, to the hard sciences, whether it's archaeology or studying in a lab how something works, or studying the stars, I think all of that, when we open ourselves up to wanting to be informed by it all, it pulls us out of ourselves. It gives us perspective on who we are in this time and in this place. And I think leads us closer to wisdom. And of course, if we are fortunate to have one of those wise people close to us, whether it's closeness in a personal relationship, that person can be a mentor to us, or whether it's closeness through somebody who's done some great writing or speaking or something like that, and we keep coming back to them as a source, a centering source to help us sort through and get perspective, I think all of those wise ones um, are really, really helpful as well. Um, I think it's important for each of us, if we want to be wise, and if we want to grow in the courage it takes to act on that wisdom, to speak on that wisdom, it's important for all of us to identify how we're going to get ourselves grounded. What disciplines are we going to put in our life? What material are we going to use to help inform us and gather us together? So really, as we think about who the wise ones are out there and whether what are the, the, 
the wise things happening in our world today. And maybe you thought there's too few of that. But we all come here because we're on a spiritual journey towards wisdom. Wisdom that's grounded in God. So what decisions can you make to open yourselves up even more to the wisdom that is available in God's love in this world, in your life today? Amen.